Welcome to the Questioning God podcast with John Hopper. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and this is a resource produced by Search, an organization committed to having conversations about the big questions of God and life. And this episode is all about chapter 10. If God is real, why is there so much evil and suffering? And John, it's a great question. It's one you almost have to address in a book like this because it's probably the most prominent question from those who don't believe. And uh, there's really a lot of evil and suffering in the world that we've, we've got to wrestle with and, and deal with, right? Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> this has got to be probably, you know, there's 15 questions in the book, Blaine, but it's probably a top three one, I would say, at least, right, in terms of on people's mind, just because because they're just confronted all the time with evil and suffering. You just have to turn on the news for a little bit and you see all kinds of things going on. In fact, I would say that most people today, like they don't even want to watch the news anymore because they're afraid of the things that they'll see and hear, right? Because sure. there's just so much going on. So um, so I, you know, I think that um, that's certainly one thing that we could, as Christians, always agree with, with those who... Um, uh, have this question is that yes, there's a lot of evil and suffering in the world. So we don't have to disagree about that. We might disagree about well, where's God in it, right? But uh, I think we can certainly agree there's there's just a lot of evil and suffering. Some of it we've experienced personally, and some of it that uh, we just see out there. It's it's also one of those things that every world religion has in common too. Mm. They're all trying to answer in mm. part this problem, right? Because yeah. it's just so obvious that something's right. You've got to do Not something right. with it, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to explain it. So, so uh, kind of classically stated, here's the problem: God's generally portrayed as all powerful, all loving. Uh, we of course believe that. Now, if that's true, it seems that there might be a logical inconsistency within those statements. So, if there's a God who's all powerful, He could stop all the evil and suffering. And if there's a God who's all loving, loving, He would want to stop it. Uh, but yet we live in the world mm. the way it is. Mm. So what's going on yeah, there? Yeah, so where's God? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I think on the surface, that sort of logical inconsistency that it seems to be there, but I think there's some there's some ways that we ought to look at it um, that helps us see there really isn't a logical inconsistency. So um, first of all, I think it's um, very possible um, that someone can be loving and powerful and yet not stop some form of suffering coming upon a person. So, for, for example, um, when you know, you're a parent and you've got small children and you've got to take them in to get vaccinated, right? So they, um, they don't really know what's about to happen <laughs> to them, right? So they're just with mom and dad and everything seems to be okay, and then you hand them over to the doctor, right? So... Now, you have the power to kind of stop that situation, right? Like you didn't have to take them in. Um, you didn't have to make the appointment, but here you're doing that, right? So you have the power to stop it. And, and I would hope if you take your child in that you you love them enough that you don't really want them to suffer, right? Like you're not like, oh, this is the day that I get to see my child suffer, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so here's a, a parent, right, who's, who's all powerful enough sort of to stop the the suffering in that situation and and is loving enough to not really, you know, sort of look forward to that kind of suffering, but allows it to happen anyway, even sets it up to happen because of these sort of greater 
overriding reasons, right? Reasons that, frankly, the child couldn't even understand. If the child looks up at mommy, daddy, why, why, why? Like You could try to explain it to a two-year-old, but it's probably not going to go anywhere, right? So, so that's just an instance where someone's powerful enough and loving enough, and yet um, uh, they still allow and even, you know, sort of put the situation into play. So if that's true for us on a human level, it would seem to me that that would be a possibility for God as well, that he could be all-powerful and all-loving and uh, and permit sort of the suffering to, to go on. So, And isn't it isn't it true that in the philosophical world, guys that for centuries, thousands of years, thought about this problem, the logical problem is really not the problem of evil. Is that like there's a there's a sense that which it's somewhat agreed that yeah we can make a case that it might not be logically inconsistent here. It's it's maybe a different problem that's given us more mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. So I think yeah from sort of looking sort of the philosophical literature, people aren't so much arguing that it's not uh, logically possible. They're more arguing, is it really reasonable to think? You know, what what good reasons would God have yeah. uh, for evil and suffering, even if it is logically possible? So, But before we get to those reasons, I, I want to sort of talk about one more um, uh, way to sort of look at um, evil and suffering and all-loving, all-powerful God, how they're not inconsistent with one another. Um, and that has to do with um, our our sense that something is wrong, okay? So that so it's not just suffering that we have a problem with. It's it's really suffering that we think is unjust. So, you know, just a couple of days ago, a, a pitcher, after they won the regular season, he hit a wall, okay? Because in Sutter Celebration, well, he broke his hand, he can't pitch in the playoffs, okay? Now, oh, wow. now nobody is really thinking that his broken hand is unjust suffering. Like the guy was stupid, right? <laughs> so, so he shouldn't have done that, right? So he kind of got what he deserved. So, but the kind of suffering that really bothers us is when we say it's unjust suffering. That isn't right that that happened. Okay? But where do we get this idea of right and wrong? Right. So, if we're just here, biological machines that just sort of have, you know, happened to come about over the zillions of years or whatever, then we are just what we are. Like, you know, we just bump into things and, and you know, one of us has some DNA that makes us get angry at someone else and, you know, kill them or whatever. And it's like, that just is what happens. Like, there is no real right and wrong. There is no just or unjust. For there to be an, a justice at all, there has to be a God. There has to be a straight line for us to call one crooked. So, so for us to even say, oh man, you know, this suffering is unjust, um, where is God? Well, part of where is God is that, well, he's the one that even made it true that there is injustice, that there is something wrong, that there is something that's crooked that doesn't match up. So, so I think that sort of undermines again the idea that, that a loving and all-powerful God are somehow inconsistent with with evil suffering. Yeah, that's a that's a really really great point. And it goes back to some of our earlier discussions about morality and and it ties into all of those being rooted in the idea of of God. Now, what are some of the reasons and and I know we can't 
really know for sure that's part of the, maybe the right. <laughs> we should say that we don't yeah. know for sure, but we can surmise for numerous reasons um, reasons why God might allow evil and mm-hmm. suffering. So, mm-hmm. can you speak to that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say in any given situation, well, I know the reason why God allowed this over here, right? But we do see biblically some reasons why God would allow it, and so probably some of these apply in different situations. So the first one, I think, is that um, that God would allow evil and suffering because that was a part of the risk of real relationship. In other words, he could have made us robotic, where we just do what God wants us to do. Um, and he says, you know, be kind you know, to your neighbor, and so you say, okay, God, I will be kind to my neighbor, right? And we just kind of respond in that way, just robotically, okay? But what kind of relationship would that be, right? So um, so I take with me when I do talks at different times, this little character is called the Mr. Wonderful Doll, and, and you press the hand on the Mr. Wonderful Doll, and he says these different kinds of things. So, um, in fact, I have Mr. Wonderful Doll with me here today. So, so you can even bring him on. You can, out. That's Come right. On. So you can him. even hear some of the things that Mr. Wonderful Doll says there. You know, honey, why don't you just relax and let me make dinner tonight? Mm, so he's he's <laughs> willing to make dinner tonight. Okay. Why don't we go to the mall? Didn't you want some new shoes? Oh, she's willing. She's, he's willing to go to the, the how mall. Thoughtful. Uh, how thoughtful Mr. Wonderful is, and he does all kinds of things. Like he's willing to change the channel, not watch his you know sports game or whatever. So whatever she wants to watch, and he's willing to go and carry the bags for her at the grocery store. All kinds of things Mr. Wonderful doll does, and so he's called Mr. Wonderful, right? Because apparently women would really like to hear those things being said, but I don't think that any woman would really be satisfied with the Mr. Wonderful doll. Right, not just because he couldn't really do the things that he's saying, right? Because he's a doll, but because what I think a woman would want would be to hear those things freely from a man, not because he's been programmed to say those things, right? So, so we don't want to love something that's just a machine, going to machine sort of respond to us. We want someone who's going to freely respond to us in love. And so I think God wanted that kind of a relationship with us, where we freely responded. In, in love towards him. But of course, if we have the freedom to do that, we also have the freedom not to do that, to not follow his ways, to not love him. And that opens the door to, to evil and, and suffering. And so I think, so again, so one of the reasons why God would allow evil and suffering is because it was just the risk of real relationship. A second reason, I think, is that um, I think s- suffering... Um, alerts us to the fact that something isn't right in the world. So um, if we got to heaven and um, we thought everything was great and we were on good terms with God because our life, just everything just went perfectly. I mean, there was never a hitch at all. And we get to the gates of heaven and God says, well, no, you didn't make it. And, you know, everything's been wrong all along the way. And you're like, what do you mean everything's been wrong all along the way? I mean, everything went perfect in my life sort of thing. Um, So I think what God's done is he's put things in our way, in our world, that lets us know, no, things aren't right. Things have gotten off. Um, So we don't really see it much in the world today, but in the time of Jesus, there were people who would have leprosy, 
Okay, so leprosy is often thought of as a skin disease, but it's really a nerve disease where those who have leprosy, they don't, they don't feel pain anymore. So they don't feel anything. So they bump into things in the middle of the night, they burn themselves, they cut themselves, they don't know that they've done that, and then they don't attend to the problem. And eventually, many lepers have to have appendages um, amputated. Um, and so the, the question to ask there is, would it be good for someone with leprosy to feel pain? And the answer is yes, like, because if they felt pain when they burned themselves, they wouldn't keep their hand on the stove, right? They'd move it back really quick like you or I would. Or if they cut themselves, they would attend to that, that cut. They wouldn't go on for a long time without even realizing that they had, had cut themselves. So that pain would have alerted themselves to the fact that something wasn't right and needed to be attended to. And I think uh, in our world, God uses suffering as a way to alert us to the fact that something's just not right. So, and uh, maybe, maybe we need to attend to something here. And in particular, I think God wants us to attend to um, his relationship or our relationship with him. So if God and, and suffering are not necessarily inconsistent, and, and by the way, in the book, you go into many more examples of, of why that is the case. Um, is there anything else that we want to consider as we're looking at this problem? Because it's such a big, big topic and we can't, we can't cover all yeah, of it on a, on a sure, short podcast sure. introductory type. But, but what do you want to leave us thinking yeah. about, John? Well, I think one thing that's really important is that the God of the Bible is not a God that stays distant from evil and suffering, as though he's just sort of looking from afar and saying, oh, look what they're having to go through. The story of Christianity, right, is God entering into our world. Didn't have to, but he chose to do that. And he, he entered in as a, um, as a very much of a commoner in a common family, in a, in a, in a, a town of you know, sort of poor reputation, um, he grew up sort of doing manual labor. He found himself hungry and in lonely places many times. He was, it, when he started to become more public, he was rejected and, and threatened and mocked at different times, right? Eventually, he would be um, brought into trial and to be false witnesses against him. And then there would be a scourgings and a crucifixion. And so just all of this that God was willing to enter into on our behalf. And so that what that also tells us is that God's familiar with our pain and suffering and evil and injustice because he experienced it himself. Which means it was more, when we're going through it ourselves, um, we have someone to turn to that's sort of been there and who's willing to listen to us and to welcome us, even though he may not provide all the answers, like because he's like the parent and we're the two-year-olds, <laughs> so answers that we can understand. He nonetheless knows where we've been and uh, is welcomes us sort of crying on his shoulder. That's a it, it's it's a great point and it's one of the uniquenesses. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the one of the unique things about Christianity, right? That God would condescend to come down mm. to us and live in the world he created and deal with evil and mm. and that's that's why he was crucified was because of evil and it's why he's resurrected because he's going to fix it um 
can you speak just a, a little bit? I got one last question for you. I thought okay. that was the last one. I have okay. one more. <laughs> speak just a little bit to the importance of the story of the biblical narrative. So the story doesn't end with Jesus was crucified and he's resurrected mm-hmm. and now it's all great, right? Mm-hmm. He was crucified, he's resurrected, mm-hmm. and now the, we're, we're living there yeah. and the world's kind of messed up. Yeah. What Where the story goes mm-hmm. is there's there's this coming again mm-hmm. of Christ and there's the biblical language of mm-hmm. a new heaven and a new mm-hmm. earth and mm-hmm. the idea that going back to this way the problem of evil is classically phrased if he was if he was all loving he could do mm-hmm. something about it if he's all powerful he would mm-hmm. but so he actually is yeah. going to do both of those yeah. things he just he hasn't yet and i think yeah. that's a big part of yeah this conversation yeah. right yeah. knowing that's that is coming he's not that's this right. isn't it that's right yeah yeah and i think in the meantime he's being very patient because he's wanting to give us time to turn to him. So, um, in fact, I, one of the reasons I would say that God does allow evil and suffering is because he is being patient so that we can turn to him and we can be a part of that new new heaven and new earth that he, he speaks of. If God were to get rid of all evil right now, well, poof, we'd all be gone. Because <laughs> we're all contributors to the evil in the world in just even little ways. And so um, he's being patient with us so that we can uh, enter into what he still has prepared for us. Yeah, well, this has been just a fantastic conversation. Thank you for whetting our appetite for the book and for everything else that you've written about uh, this topic. If uh, God is real, why is there so much evil and suffering? Next episode, we're going to be talking about chapter 11, and that is this topic with so many religions. Why say Christianity is the only way? That's going to be a very good one. If you haven't already, go pick up our new book, Questioning God, Answers to Questions Worth Asking. It's available now on questioninggod.com and on Amazon. And we look forward to having you join us next time on the Questioning God podcast with John Hopper.